Good morning. I'm Pastor Gillespie from St. John Evangelical Lutheran Church and School, Sherman Center, Random Lake, Wisconsin. Good to have you with us here today on this February 11th, 2021. Each day we consider God's Word and what it teaches us, and we do that always submitting to Him that He would guide our days and our actions and our words in His peace. Uh, by the way, before we begin, no baby yet? Okay, got that out of the way. Now we can move on to our devotion. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Say our memory verse for this week. Come now, and let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they shall be as wool. Isaiah 1, verse 18. Our psalm. O give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he has gathered from trouble, and gathered in from the lands, from the east and from the west, from the north and from the south. Some wandered in desert wastes, finding no way to a city to dwell in. Hungry and thirsty, their soul fainted within them. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. He led them by a straight way till they reached a city to dwell in. Let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love, for his wondrous works to the children of men. For he satisfies the longing soul, and the hungry soul he fills with good things. Some sat in darkness and in the shadow of death, prisoners in affliction and in irons. For they had rebelled against the words of God and spurned the counsel of the Most High. So he bowed their hearts down with hard labor. They fell down with none to help. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. He brought them out of darkness and the shadow of death, and they burst their bonds apart. Let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love, for the wondrous for his wondrous works to the children of men, for he shatters the doors of bronze and cuts in two the bars of iron. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Now let's make this a little bit bigger. There we go. First reading today is from 1 John chapter 1. This is the message which we have heard from him and declare to you, that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ his Son cleanses us from all sin. If we say we have, that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and the word is not in us. 
there ends the reading. Of course, you know the second half is uh, quoted explicitly in Divine Service Setting 1 and Setting 2 in the Confessions of Sin. That's the, like the introduction before we confess, right? We quote that. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. Um, I think it's Service 1 and 2. Did I get that right? We've been in Service 1 and 2. Well, let's just look. All right. Setting 1. Confession. Yes, that's right. Uh, that's quoted right at the beginning and the introduction to the confession. Okay. Um, but you notice the context, the broader context. What are we talking about here? This is God shining light in the darkness, right? The darkness of sin, death, and the power of the devil. He shines his light. He reveals the truth. He shows us our sin, not um, so that we remain sinners, but that the blood of Christ would cleanse us from that sin, right? So uh, when we lie about our sin, we're actually lying against God's word that reveals to us our sin, right? So we're calling God then a liar, and his word is not in us, right? So let's not do that. Let's be honest. Let's be truthful about our own sin, personal sin. Very good. All right, we continue uh, our reading from Matthew chapter 18 today, now with the parable. Then Peter came to him and said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Up to seven times? Jesus said to him, I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to 70 times seven. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. And when he had begun to settle accounts, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. But he was not able to pay, or as he was not able to pay, his master commanded that he be sold with his wife and children and all that he had, and that payment be made. The servant therefore fell down before him, saying, Master, have patience with me, and I will pay you all. Then the master of that servant was moved with compassion, released him, and forgave him the debt. But that servant went out and found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii, and he laid hands on him and took him by the throat, saying, Pay me what you owe. So his fellow servant fell down at his feet and begged him, saying, Have patience with me, and I will pay you all. And he would not, but went and threw him into prison till he should pay the debt. So, when his fellow servants saw what, he, what had been done, they were very grieved and came and told their master all that had been done. Then his master, after he had called him, said to him, You wicked servant, I forgave you all the debt because you begged me. Should you not also have had compassion on your fellow servant, just as I had pity on you? And his master was angry and delivered him to the torturers until he should pay all that was due to him. So, my heavenly Father will also will do to each, if each, excuse me, get this right. So, my heavenly Father also will do to you, if each of you, from his heart, does not forgive his brother his trespasses. All right. So, if you weren't with us yesterday, there's a little bit of context that we should remember. Um, Jesus is teaching his disciples, right? And when he refers to a brother, he's referring to a fellow believer the little one, the baptized, the fellow baptized, okay? So that's the key here. Who are we talking about forgiving? Specifically, fellow Christians, baptized Christians. All right. Um, so, uh, let's see. Let's start there with the question. Peter said to him, Lord, how often? Why do you think it's interesting that Peter should ask them about the number of times that he should forgive? Let's see if you remember what we said yesterday. 
yeah, Peter will deny Jesus three times. So it's, it's curious that he thinks even seven times would be good to forgive his brother uh, when he'll deny Jesus three times. Of course, seven's a fitting number because it's the number of uh, the Sabbath, Sabbath rest, the day of forgiveness, and, all, and the day of resurrection, but also uh, of creation, right? What was Jesus' answer? Of course, verse 22, you see, I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to 70 times seven. 70 times seven, or sometimes translated 77. I can't remember if it's because there's a manuscript distinction or if it's just the way it's translated. Of course, what's the significance of this number? All right, if seven's the number of the Sabbath, then 70 times seven is what? 77? Um, it would be, 77 actually would be even better because 77 would be the number of the Sabbath time, the number of faithful disciples, right? Dropping Judas, maybe? Yeah, it's hard to know. Or it's just a uh, superlative, right? We take seven and multiply it times 70. 10 and another seven. Uh, okay, so then the parable. The kingdom of heaven, of course, that's the church, is like a certain king. Who's the king then of the church? That would be the father, right? And who are the servants then who he settles accounts with? It would be directly, remember, who is he talking to? The apostles, right? But then indirectly, I would suggest then all the baptized, all right? Uh, what did the king want to do with the servants? Settling accounts, right? Which is, uh, what picture is Jesus giving here of our relationship to, to God in regards to sin? Yeah, a payment must be made for sin, right? That's what we're talking about, forgiveness and sins, right? Forgiveness of sins. So a payment must be made. 10,000 talents is owed, right? The first servant. Uh, the question is, is that a large debt? Think of the hymn, Chief of Sinners, though I be, quoting St. Paul. Yeah, it's a very large debt. It's so large of a debt that it's not possible um, that anyone could pay this off by selling everything and everybody in his family. He still could not pay it off. It's that excessive. Um, he calls it here um, payment. Uh, no, oh yeah, here it is, right here in verse 27. Then the master of the servant was moved with compassion, released him, and forgave. Here's the key, the debt. Uh, where else does Jesus use the word debt? D-E-B-T, debts. <laughs> if you want to read it. Phonetic, I'm not even phonetically, I don't even know. Clearly. This is in the Lord's Prayer in Matthew. Actually, he uses the same word. He says, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Right? Yeah. So this is definitely about forgiveness. Well, of course, that's the context too. And the question. What did the servant do? He falls on his knees and he begs him, Master, be patient and I will pay. That's the deal. Be patient. It's kind of, uh, what do you want to say? Absurd. <laughs> That's the right word. Because um, it doesn't matter. Sell his wife, his children, all that he had, the payment would be made. It still is not enough. They're still you know, going to apply for, uh, what would this be? This would be like a deed in lieu of foreclosure, right? It's just, the master's just cutting his losses. That's what he would be doing. There'd still be debt that'd be owed. So being patient until he can pay it back, it's, there's no possibility of this, which is why that number is so important of 10,000 talents. 
How did the master respond? Here again, we saw it. He's moved with compassion. He releases him and he forgives him the debt. That is, he assumes the debt as his own. Hmm. Uh, of course, compassion we talked about a couple days ago being a word that implies that the master is rich. Um, releases him, that of course shows us that the master has power to either bind or to release the man, right? All right. Um, then we find, you know, here, forgive us our trespasses. And then now the second part of the petition, the Lord's Prayer, as we forgive, right? So now we have a servant um, who owes that first servant how much? It says here in verse 28, 100 denarii, right? Um, how does that compare to 10,000 talents? It's minuscule, minuscule, right? 100 denarii is roughly, you know, a third of a year's wages. Okay, so fairly um, easy to repay ultimately. Well, not fairly easy, but ultimately could be repaid. That's the key. Of course, what did the forgiven servant demand of his fellow servant? There it is. Pay me what you owe, right? Um, now, here's what gets interesting. Notice what the second servant says to the first servant. He falls down at his feet. He begs him and he says, Have patience with me and I will pay you all you owe, or all I owe you. Sounds a lot like verse 26, does it not? Uh, falling down on his feet before him saying, Have patience with me and I will pay you all. Uh-huh. Uh, but what did this forgiven servant do for his fellow servant? Verse 30, threw him into prison till he should pay the debt. Of course, other servants saw what had happened, and they told the master, right, what had been done. Um, how should the, second, or the first servant have dealt with, the, with his fellow servant? The master tells us, right, right there in verse 33, should you not have also had compassion on your fellow servant just as I had pity on you? So you notice. The first servant is given the capacity, really, to forgive his brother, having received the riches of compassion from his master. Right? But without the riches of the master's compassion, there would be no compassion to give to, to your neighbor. Right? All, again, it's that frame of mind, recognizing that you have been forgiven, thus you can forgive. Right? Believing in the forgiveness of sins in Jesus Christ is what and, um, is, is actually the gift that then turns in love towards neighbor. It bears fruit. What did the master then do to the first servant? Having betrayed that compassion that he had received, he delivered him to the torturers until he should pay back everything due to him. So what is Jesus uh, hoping that we would learn here today? Simply this, to practice forgiveness as we've been forgiven. Right? Forgive your brother your trespasses as you've been forgiven by your heavenly Father. Of course, this is all connected to the petition of the Lord's Prayer um, and the reason why we pray it morning, noon, and night, before meals, etc. Pray it every day so that we would, again, believe and trust um, in the forgiveness of sins that is ours freely for Christ's sake, that we then would forgive one another. And as I've uh, suggested, as we went through the Lord's Prayer, like in Catechesis on Sunday with the new members, that forgiveness of sins is the only thing, it's the only thing that can uh, hold a family, that can hold a church, that can hold any earthly relationship together. Right? We have to be able to forgive. Uh, and, and the only way that we're able to forgive is if we are forgiven and we believe that. All right.
So, a meditation on this text. When the baptized gather around the preaching of law and gospel, the voice of Christ is always present in his church. The parable stresses the centrality of this forgiveness in the life of the church. The king has sent his own son to be the servant who takes the place of his servants by bearing our sins and canceling the debt. We cannot make a deal to pay the debt, but Christ has paid the debt completely for you and for the entire world. Christ has forgiven our sins that we might forgive the sins of others. We are called to live in that forgiveness of sins at all times because this is the way of mercy and compassion. Although we are only beggars who deserve nothing, Christ has graciously forgiven all our sins. So we daily pray that we would forgive our brother's debts as our own debts have been canceled. Very good. All right. Let's see. Where are we? See what's going to happen to our schedule now. I think. Uh, we're going to have one more address on the office of the ministry, and then I think what week are we in? Week twenty-two. I think we are going to. Yeah, next week we'll consider the sacrament of the altar. All right, very good. Fitting too, going into Lenten tide with the sacrament. Let's confess the office of the keys. What is the office of the keys? The office of the keys is that special authority which Christ has given to his church on earth to forgive the sins of repentant sinners, but to withhold forgiveness from the unrepentant as long as they do not repent. Where is this written? This is what St. John the Evangelist writes in chapter 20. The Lord Jesus breathed on his disciples and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone his sins, they are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. What do you believe according to these words? I believe that when the called ministers of Christ deal with us according, or by his divine command, in particular when they exclude openly unrepentant sinners from the Christian congregation and absolve those who repent of their sins and want to do better, this is just as valid and certain even in heaven as if Christ our dear Lord dealt with us himself. We pray. O Lord Jesus, you gave the gift of the Holy Spirit to your disciples and promised that if they forgive anyone his sins, they are forgiven, and if they do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. Grant us to believe your promise so that we receive the ministry of our pastors in repentant faith and with the confidence that they are speaking on your behalf and for the sake of our soul's salvation. In your holy name we pray. Amen. On this Thursday, we pray for the church and her pastors, for all missionaries, teachers, deaconesses, and other servants of Christ in his church, for the fruitful and salutary use of the blessed sacrament of the Lord's body and blood. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. We pray for our first responders, doctors, nurses, and all those who work in nursing homes and hospitals. Pray for an end to all fear, anxious thoughts, and constant worry, trusting that God provides all that is needed in every circumstance. Pray for deliverance from all authoritarian, tyrannical, and dictatorial rule and those who would restrict or censor our God-given faith, as well as our rights to speech, press, assembly, and redress of grievances. I pray that the Lord grant all women with child, especially Anne, and all mothers with infant children, increasing happiness in their blessings. I pray the Lord defend all orphans and widows and provide for them. We pray in Thanksgiving today with Tanya, Clarence, and Joan, who celebrate their birth baptism birthday. I pray the Lord grant healing and recovery to Marcella. Kelsey, Amanda, John, Timothy, Sandy, Linda, and Ken, Aaron, and Penny. 
Pray the Lord bless those who are homebound, Bev, David, Willis, and Janice, and Mickey, and that he also support and encourage the work of Sheboygan Lutheran High School and Sheboygan County Hispanic Outreach. For all this, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. I pray the collect for this week. O God, the strength of all who put their trust in you, mercifully grant that by your power we may be defended against all adversity. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. I thank you, my Heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, your dear Son, that you have kept me this night from all harm and danger, and I pray that you would keep me this day also from sin and every evil, that all my doings in life may please you. For into your hands I commend myself, my body and soul, and all things. Let your holy angel be with me, that the evil foe have no power over me. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. All right, we pray our hymn for this week. Uh, How about we sing the whole thing today? We have time. Lay 
soft my Christ, the sinner stands. He who by grace the word believes, the purchase of his blood receives. All praise to you, O Christ, shall be for absolution, full and free, in which you show your richest grace from false indulgence, Lord, our race. Praise God the Father and the Son and Holy Spirit, shall be world without end, eternally. I still wish there was a way that uh, with this virtual praying, which is a virtual is not the thing, it's kind of, uh, it's abstracted from the real thing, right? Now that I could hear you singing with me, but that's okay, I suppose. Let's see what Oxford English Dictionary says. I think I defined this in church on Sunday, or in Bible study, maybe. Virtual. In effect, near... No, that's uh, thesaurus. Comes from virtue, um, but virtual means, oh, almost or nearly as described, but not completely or according to strict definition. So, it's kind of like being there with you, but it's kind of not as well. All right. So, it is, uh, let's see, it is February 11th, 2021. Good to have you with us. If you haven't already watched uh, last evening's Bible study on the book of Hebrews, I think it's a great way to kind of bring a, uh, what, a temporary end to that Bible study since next week, Wednesday, will be um, Ash Wednesday. Um, so go watch that. It's on Facebook, YouTube. You can get, find the link to it uh, on our website, stjohnrandomlake.org. You can see it at the bottom of the screen there. And uh, you can find all of our resources there. If you prefer to listen via podcast uh, as you go about your day, listen to just audio and not not see what's on screen, that's fine too. Um, That's how I do it because then I also listen at like one and a half speed. (laughs) That's how I can listen to so many podcasts is I listen to them very rapidly. All right, so that's uh, another option as well. And let's see, anything else? I think that's it for today. So Lord be with you all. Uh, Pray for Anne, uh, hopefully child soon. Um, But you know, can't really make the Lord do what he wants to do, right? You just have to wait and uh, it'll come in due time. All right, Lord be with you all. We'll see you soon.